When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No music, no intro. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Week one, we we made it, I guess. <laughs> Can't hide from it now. Like in what Thursday, Friday, four days, the New Orleans Saints will be playing football. Uh, at 125 Pacific Standard Time for the almost literally the entire world <laughs> to see the Saints take on the Bucks in the late afternoon game. And Ryan and I were doing our first week one preview show. Today was the first day that the team released their injury report. So we're going to break down the game, the matchups, like things we're looking forward to see. And how do you feel, man? It's, it's, it's football. It's, it's officially football season. Like, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling. I'm feeling good, man. It's like I'm just, you know, I'm ready to watch, you know, just football in general, not just the Saints. But I mean, it's just such a fascinating se- season as a Saints fan because, you know, it's, it, maybe it was last year. We I kind of thought it was my maybe last year, but this year is like this is the last ride. You know, this is it. <laughs> We heard Drew Brees today. He was like, I'm on borrowed time. You know, I'm I'm just about to let it loose. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's you can tell he's in that mindset of like, yeah. this is it. I have no nothing to lose. I'm on borrowed time. What you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm just gonna go out there and play, let the chips fall away today. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's had his great career. He has all the stats. He's first ballot hall of fame. You know, nobody can take that away from him. You know, he he wants that ring and the team is tuned up for it like it's the team the team is ready like <laughs> so you just gotta do it man so i'm ready i'm just interested to see what, what plays out and amongst this whole covid cloud hanging over you know the whole season it's just crazy i think and maybe this is my optim my optimism peeking out but as as things go alone and we I mean we might not know until the season starts but i think my my feeling is that I, I truly feel like there's going to be a full NFL season played. Like, if you would have asked me this a couple of months ago, I was like, man, they're going to get one game, two games, three games into it, and the whole season could be a wrap. Now, yeah. I got, I'm not so sure. Now, obviously, you know, we saw it with Major League Baseball that, you know, they started and everything was fine for a while, and then outbreaks were happening and things like that. And I don't know, you know, 
I don't know what, what route the NFL is going to go. The good news is they did extend um, they extended the, the daily testing. I think that's huge. Like, yeah. if you're going to – if you're trying to have sports played during a pandemic, the fact – like, to me, like, you have to have daily testing. Like, that should be yeah, like that, a, that. That was the major reason it worked during camp because yes. of the daily testing. So, you know, keep it going as long as they can. I think if they keep doing that, yes, players will pop up with COVID, but at least you have, you'll be able to catch it and control it immediately. For sure. That, instead of, you know, it getting out of hand and you got like a whole – quarterback room with COVID-19, you know what I'm I, w- I will say that there was the whole issue for the testing lab that some teams were using in New Jersey, and they yeah. had like 50 or 44 plus false false positives. Yeah. Man, listen, if that happens during a season, oh. <laughs> rough. Because <laughs> like, as a team, even though it's a false positive, like you don't know, like you don't know that it's a false positive until you get the no, the subsequent test. So, like, <laughs> and, and the thing is, false positives are just a, a reality of you know medical testing. So, Period. it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. You just don't want it to happen at that level, where you know fifty people and stuff like that. So, anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's so we'll we'll see how the season plays out. Like I said, I'm, I'm more positive not positive but I'm more optimistic that the season will play out but I mean we're we're talking about a pandemic so we truly don't know. Yeah. So no, no, let's no. let's start with the injury report from the Saints side of things. Um Woo. so I man maybe it's cuz we know this team so well maybe because we know Sean Payton so well but when Sean said that you know, Ruiz is going to be back. Like it was nothing serious. And then he just kept missing training camp, like days after days after days. Like these are valuable reps. He's a rookie. Like no, no, no matter how good he was in college, he's about to, he's getting ready to play his first NFL game. So I, like I tweeted a couple of days ago, I said, man, he's going to be a a DMP come Wednesday. Sure enough. DMP. So that doesn't surprise me. And we'll, we'll get into like how, you know, what our concerns are about the game. Cause I think we both, our biggest concern is the, cohe- the cohesion or lack thereof there may be when it comes to the offensive line. Um, but the, the big story today that took over Saints Twitter is the, the boy two first, two first DMP elbow elbow. Man, Jean-Pierre Paul out here with a whole nub of a hand. <laughs> nub of a hand. He like he had a car accident where his his car neck, accident? where his neck, where he couldn't like play. Like he and he's still a beast of a pass rusher. <laughs> and you don't get your goofy head ass out there, boy. I mean, look, I'm just I'm just playing. I don't know how serious. You know, his elbow injury is. I'm sure it's pretty serious, but, you know, it's just like, oh, another thing. And it's not his fault, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he did it to himself or he's soft or anything like that. It's just like, it's just come on, man. It's, it's like you buying a, a Lamborghini, you know. You finally you finally win a lotto. You know, you win a couple of bucks, and you want your dream car. You buy your Lamborghini. And every week, you know, it's something. The engine's acting up or the brakes or the 
you know, the transmission or something. It's like you just kind of lose. You, you you're not even excited about the car anymore. It's like, oh, like what did, what the hell did I buy? You know what I'm saying? That, that's just the way it is with uh with the two first. And I, you know, I'm 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 hoping for them, man. It's like, come on, man. Like we want to see you succeed, and we know you are talented and all that stuff. But I just hope he, he just needs to move past these these, these little nagging injuries, man. It's like, come on, dude. It's crucial. Like this is such an important season for him. Hey, I, I can't hear you, Adam. I just said it's, it's crucial because it's such an important season for him. Um, yeah, you, you might need to uh, adjust your headsets because you're real low. What about now? No, it's still low. Still super low? Uh, it's a little louder, but still a little low. So we, we've talked about it before of how this is such a crucial season for him. Like this is a crossroads. Like like we talked about this last episode. Like the Saints weren't trying to go out all out to get Jadavian Clowney for no reason. Like they're you know, there's a reason to it, um, but it's it's. I, I understand the frustration. I do, um, and we and and we hope that this is just like you know, it's just Wednesday, so there's still, you know, yeah. Thursday, Friday, you know, in terms of injury report and what have you. And he might he he might come off of it. He might be a an LP limited practice. You know, he might become a full. But it's it is frustrating, and it's I won't say it's annoying, but it's just like it feels like it's one thing after another after the team invested so many, you know, a lot of resources in him. And like you said, it has nothing to do with him, but it's just this this comes with being a player that the Saints traded up for, and you know, up to now he hasn't really lived up to those expectations. Right, right, and ultimately, it becomes a part of his evaluation because injuries. Health is a part of the evaluation. When NFL teams write up a scouting report, there's a whole section on injury. And if a player has a long list of injuries and missing time, you know, they'll dock a few uh, evaluation points, which is why they were looking at Clowney. You know, it's, that's the reason. It's, it's not that he's a bad player or has shown bad tape. He's shown good tape when he's been healthy and played. It's just that when you add in the injury component, which is a variable that you just can't deny. You have to add that in. That's why they were looking at Clowney, at least on the short term, and that's why, you know, there's frustration, which I'm sure there's frustration in the building, you know, because they want to see him, you know, they want to see him on the field. It's not that you're frustrated at him as if he's purposely hurting himself or something. You're just frustrated as where he's at, you know. So, so we'll see. I mean, he could be back next week, and everything will be fine, you know. I mean, it's it's just another one of those things you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, come on. We needed you, bro. Um, and then they, the the punter that they, they kept on the after, active roster um, was a DMP, and then he got moved to IR. Um, I think it's one of those, you know, good old-fashioned old Saints situation, stash, oh, yeah. 
stash a player on IR. I also think it potentially does signal like this is the last year for Thomas Morstead, you know, that they're carrying a, you know, a punter on their team. Like they obviously didn't want to lose him. They're like, there's a reason for that. Exactly. It's COVID-19 back up and having a future punter that you really like from, from everything I've heard from camp. He was killing it in camp, you know? So, you know, obviously Thomas Morstead is probably still good, but he has a cap number that's been increasing. He, you know, he costs a little coin, and no team likes to pay a punter a lot of money. Punters and yeah. kickers, they just don't like paying them a lot of money. It just is what it is. Even for, you know, I know what Saints fans love Thomas Morstead. I love him, but, you know, time comes up, man. He's, him and Drew are the only players left from the Super Bowl team. That's it. That's it, man. Um, Flipping over to – did I miss anybody on – or am I forgetting one more player? Oh, Dwayne Washington, but he's on the COVID list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping over to the Bucks, the, the big news today that's causing, like, frantic and, you know, frenzy and fancy football losers' minds is uh, Mike Evans didn't practice today. Um, he's dealing with a, a soft hamstring tissue issue. Um, he was he was put on IR, you know, last season because of hamstring tissue issues. Um, DMP and basically Bruce Arians said it's going to be a game time decision if he if he's able to play or not. Um, I I think I I'll say this and man I just shouldn't like sound Peyton when I said that. Um, ever since the whole Demarcus Ware situation in two thousand nine when he was <laughs> carried out, carted out. You know, looked like his football career may have been over. <laughs> and this man raised up like the Undertaker, and he played that Saturday and was wreaking havoc. Like, <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. So, any injury situation, I think like Sean Payton, like that, that's never going to happen to him again. Because I remember back then, like Sean was like killing. Herman in the bed, like, oh, where's not playing this week? Like, shit, we good. Like, we don't even need to tip. We don't even need to tip on Bushrod's side. We good. <laughs> so, obviously, if for whatever reason, if Mike Evans isn't able to play, that's huge. Um, I know Saints fans kind of don't – I don't know, like, like – I get that he's a division rival and Marshawn has had really good games against him, guarding him, but he's still an elite wide receiver. And, and I feel like at times, like Saints fans try to diminish how good Mike Evans is. Um, like I, me and you saw it in person. When we, our last, last Saints game, we went to it together. Um, so if he doesn't play, that completely changes. Um, obviously it changes things for Tampa Bay, but for the Saints, it also changes things for him, them in terms of okay, if Marsh, if if Evans is playing, do you move Marshawn to guard Chris Good or Chris Goodwin, and you have him shadow Chris Goodwin, and then you just let you know Janoris just kind of just not free you now guard whoever's moved up to wide receiver two, where that's Scotty Miller or you know whoever it is. Um, so it's big if if Mike Evans doesn't play. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's huge, but. I think they approach it as if he's going to play. I still kind of think he might play. I, I, I'm leaning that way because, I mean, a, a hamstring, I just think they're going to shoot it up. They're going to let him rest all week. 
they're going to try to shoot it up Saturday, trying to get it, you know, trying to get them ready. And even if he's not 100%, they're going to at least get him out there to run a few routes. So, uh, yeah, I'm just expecting him to play. Uh, I guess, guess the question is, do, you know, will Marshawn and Jenkins play sides or will they do the whole matchup thing with Lattimore and try to just let him shadow uh, Mike Evans? I think that's going to be interesting since it's been a shortened offseason. Will they kind of try to simplify the defense a little bit just to make sure they just play, they're just playing a good defense instead of, you know, throwing in all the trickery and the, and the, and the matchups and the, you know, shadowing I, and all that stuff. I don't I know. Get the, I get the – and I, I get it because I think it's a great point because, you know, no disrespect to Eli Apple, but if Mike Evans is on the right, you know, the right side of the field before the Saints were able to claim Janoris Jenkins. Smoke. <laughs> like, you're not comfortable with that matchup. Like, you just not. So, it explains why, you know, but now I think, like, that's a great point because with Janoris, like, if Mike Evans is over there, you you have, you know, if you're DA, I feel like you have confidence that Janoris can be able to handle his own. Maybe right. not shut him down, but he can still, you know, hold his own against, against Mike Evans. I just, I get the sense that Marshawn takes – his matchup with Mike Evans personal. I agree. He, he takes it very personal. There's something like they just, they don't like each other. Like it's not like right. they, they, they just don't. So did you see the uh, NFL 100? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's personal. You know, it is. It's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's obvious that it's personal as well. So I think Marshawn basically goes to the DA and says, listen, man, if he's playing, I'm taking them all over the field. And I think DA would be comfortable and confident enough to allow that to happen. So I think that if Mike Evans does play, I think I think Marshawn's gonna gonna shot at him all over the field. That that's, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Um so I we, we gotta hit on we gotta hit on, you know, the the biggest worry. I think, you know, it's a question that um fresh logic on and, you know, Saints Twitter asks, like going into week one, what's your, you know, what's the biggest worry that you have as a fan? And both it, me and you are in locks up with this. It's, it's the offensive line, man. Yeah, yeah. If you think, you know, the last numbers we had about the Saints playing, the offensive yeah. line was worked. Worked. All game. You think of the, the biggest losses last year, what was the main reason? O-line. That's it. Hold on. Drew, Drew getting killed, getting his thumb killed in versus the Rams, the Falcons game, uh, the Vikings playoff game. And what other game did the Saints lose last year? Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it, it's always – it's it's the yeah, line. It, it's the key to the offense. So, you know, that that's major key. Like, how will the offensive line play? The last time we seen them, they were getting worked. You know, they haven't had any cohesive training camp because, you know, pretty much each one has been out at some point during camp. Uh, so, you know, it's just a question of how they're going to come together. You're going to have Nick Easton playing. You know, he's a guy that has experience, you know, so we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, uh, McCoy is going to be back at center, so that's good. You have continuity there. Pete, oh, my, 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 my man Pete. <laughs> Pete. 
back in his spot, you know, Armstead. So it's I mean, Ram check. It's not like you put the field in a bad offensive line. They, they should be fine. They, sh- they should but be. It's just about it's just about playing well. You could be a you be talented all you want, but you have to play well against this competition. And all now that's and that's. And that's the key. And the way that I look at it is that if you go back to that Vikings game, the Saints front office coaches and scouting identified that Larry Warford was part of the problem. Now, everyone had a bad, a bad day at the office that game, but they particularly singled him out and said that he was – this is the way I look at it, that he was a problem. They brought back Pete, which – We've talked about this. We still don't completely understand, but they brought him back. And so the fix for the solution to the problem of it being Warford was we drafted a drafted offensive line in the draft. He's not playing. Right. So you hope that the depth that they have with Easton, and he's, he's, he's gone in, he's played last season. You know, I still think when he came in and played for Pete, in the Vikings game, like he was, he was holding his lunch better than Pete was, and I was very confused why Peyton or the coaching staff put Pete back in the game when he was obviously hurt. Yeah. Didn't understand. It it. It <laughs> Didn't understand it. Um, <laughs> but it's but like I'm and I don't want people who are diehard saying like this is this is not a Homer podcast. Like, we've right. been very open and honest with that. The, the Tampa Bay front seven got some dogs. Vita Bea, who his career started off kind of slow. I was a big fan of him coming out of Washington. He plays a very traditional nose tackle, just take up blockers. But he is he – can, he can change games. They got Vita Bea, uh, Sack Barrett. I know that he didn't have success against the Saints last season, but he, he got – 20-plus sacks, 18? I don't know. Yeah. A ridiculous number of sacks last season. Like 19 and a half sacks. I mean, That's bro. ridiculous, bro. Like, I don't care what the competition is. That's ridiculous. Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan has never done that. Um, they got JPP, who might be a T-1000, but he still can rush the passer and rush it well. Yeah. So that's just – that's defensive line. And then – And Sue. And the Dominican And Sue. Sue. Completely forgot about Sue. Like – Peyton said it, and I don't know if he said it in jest today, but he said that their run, the Bucks' run defense is good, so good that getting a three-yard gain against them is equivalent to getting like fifty, like a fifty-yard run. And I'm like, okay, that, that's a little hyperbole, but but okay. But yeah, but we, you know, last year we played them at the beginning, like the first half of the season, but the last half of the season, they, you know, their run defense really was like crazy good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I've never been a believer in defenses carrying over to the next season. It's no. just a complete no. restart. Like, it, none of that matters. What you did last season, it just doesn't matter. Like, so, and then moving to the linebacker spot, they got Levante David. They got Devin Like, they, they have talent in the front seven. I yeah. think – so, we've, I, you know, I've said that the O-line is the key – when you look at the weakness at the Bucks on defense, it's obviously they're, they're secondary. They got, like both Drew and and even Teddy Bridgewater attacked that secondary, you know, on like numerous times. 
they, last, they had, last season. They had no answers for Mike Thomas. None. They, None. They, Carlton they, Davis. Most people didn't, but they really didn't have answers for Mike Carlton Thomas. Davis and what's, what, what's his name? Sounds like a bunt cake. <laughs> there you go. Sean Murphy Bunting. Like, they're, they're the corners that Drew's gonna that Drew's gonna see at safety. They got um, Antoine Winfield Jr., who I was a big fan of him as a prospect coming out. The son, like, like he play to me, he plays very similar to to Chauncey Garner Johnson. They they yeah. have different roles, but how they play he's is very similar. And he's a ball hawk too. Yes, yes. And then that other safety they got Jordan Whitehead. So I I know, man, I know how Sean Payton is. Like when he sees a team that has weakness in the secondary, typically his mind is, I'm going to pass the fucking ball all over them. Like, yeah. Until they stop it. And like, I've seen, like, we've seen games where that is, where that is the case. Yeah. And like, either the offensive line doesn't block well enough or the secondary, you know, plays better than they're expected. And I don't want to say he forgets about the run, but he kind of neglects it. And I could see like week one being like him like licking his licking his chops, like I'm about to roast these roast these boys. Like I got Emmanuel Sanders now too. Like I'm about to go ham. And you know, Drew throw you know throw for forty you know forty attempts in week one. And I don't think that that's conducive potentially to to winning, especially with the question marks that they may have in terms of how the, the offensive line may. Yeah, it's interesting how he, he's going to approach it. You know, you got you just got to watch Sean Payton because he's talking up the run defense. And on one hand, I could I could hear him, I could see him shying away from the run and just focusing on the pass. But on the other hand, I could see him looking at that as a challenge and like seeing what that run defense looked like. Let's let's put our dogs back there and see if we can handle AK and Murray. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting how I approach, but I, I think he is going to try to test that secondary because it is the most obvious glaring weakness, at least on paper. So he's definitely going to test it to see how they react. Uh, I guess the question is, like you said, is the is is well, can they block it up? And that's just the case pretty much with most Saints games. If True. the offensive line plays well, typically the all, offense entirely plays well. The passing game, the run game. Usually everything works. That's why it's just <laughs> that's why the offensive line is just so important. It's a it's a boring position to watch, you know, for a lot of people, but it's the major key, man. So I think that's the whole key to the game is the energy, the cohesion, you know, how they come out, are they beating guys off the ball and taking them down the field? Is to Ryan Olmstead getting down the field on screens? taking guys out, Pete, is he moving well? That's going to be the ultimate question. Getting their hands on linebackers, you know, that's going to be the ultimate game within the game that I think will decide how the offense plays. You know, other than that, you know, another flip side is, the, you know, how the defense handles Tom Brady and, you know, their weapons. Man, let's, let's talk about it. Um, it's – like – for everything that all throughout training camp has been secondaries, secondary has been, you know, on point. You know, defense has been ahead of the offense. Defense has been ahead of the offense. We're going to see <laughs> on Sunday. We're going to see. <laughs> we we going to see. Because 
I get it. Tom Brady didn't have, you know, you know, at, at times he looked, he played poor last season. I mean, I, like I've watched quite a few Patriots games. Like he did not look good in spurts at all last season. Worst I've seen Brady since probably 2009, maybe. I don't know. It, it, it looked, everything looked off, just yeah. off. But I don't want, like, I, I don't want to diminish that because he's still going, he has a team, an offense that has, if he plays, Mike Evans, I mean, we talked, you know, Chris Goodwin, Gronk, Cameron Bray, OJ Howard, uh, Scotty Miller, who, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know if a lot of fans know about him, but it seems like a you know type of guy that Tom Brady yeah. is going to love. Gave gave Chauncey Gardner Johnson fits last season for a long game that was nearly a touchdown. Like he has weapons. Um, yeah. So the defense and the secondary is going to be tested. We haven't even touched about running backs. Like they have a you know Tampa Bay does have a plethora of them. They got Leonard Fournette now. They got, you know, Ronald Jones, um, and they got LaShawn McCoy. So, obviously, LaShawn McCoy's past his prime. Ronald Jones has had flashes, but he still hasn't put it together. And Leonard Fournette is, you know, should have been playing, you know, 20 years ago. But they're still good players. Yeah. Um, so, is, is there any matchup that you're looking at that's, like that's, you know, a key for your key of how, you know, what you're looking at from on, on the defensive side of things. Well, I mean, when you look at Brady, just even when he was great, you know, his, his game is mostly in the middle of the field. So the key, to, the key to Brady has always been, you know, are you, are you going to hit me with Dan Hansen's quote? Say, what you say? You going to hit me with the Dan Hansen's quote? <laughs> Pretty much take away the middle of the field and get pressure on Brady up the middle. Like, move him off the spot. It's it's cliche and it's, like, boring. Also, it's, it's also the Drew same Brees. way to, you know, of how you want to stop Drew Brees, too. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, these are, you know, this is, you know, these are ancient quarterbacks pretty much these days. This is not Deshaun Watson or uh, Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, guys that could buy time and, be in the pocket for three, four, five seconds and be coverage, he has to get the ball out quickly. So the game will be, again, on the offensive line uh, versus the defensive line, will the Saints be able to get pressure, outside pressure and inside pressure to move Brady off the spot because he does not move well at all. When he – I wish I could find, like, a stat, but if, if you watched him last year, when he was moved, he was bad. Like bad, bro. Yeah, like he was not good. So that's going to be key. But they do have the weapons for the quick game. Yep. So, you know, I mean, let's just go down the line. Chris Goodwin, right? Gronk, of course. Uh, you know, so I think the game is, you know, even though we want to focus on Mike Evans if he plays, I don't think he's going to get like a ton of – a ton of uh, targets. Even if he was healthy, I don't think he's going to get a ton of targets, at least in this game. I think it's going to be a game between the hashes, and it's really going to be incumbent on the safeties, on the nickel cornerback, and the linebackers to really kind of make Brady hold that ball an extra half a click. Yes. Or two clicks. 
so the defensive line could, uh, you know, just kind of mess him up because that's where the game is going to be. I don't think he's going to be attacking uh, Marshawn Lattimore like crazy. He's going to he's going to throw the ball outside because you have to, and he's going to you know try to take advantage of the weapons he has there. But the the vast majority of the offense is going to happen in the middle of the field. So I think that's where the game is going to be played at. It's a great it's a great point. Um, and Bruce Arians spoke about it. Cam Jordan's going against, you know, a rookie, a high first-round pick, and Tristan Wirtz, who's starting at right tackle for the Bucks. And, you know, Bruce Arians basically said, like, we're going to have to, you know, at, at points we're going to have to give him some help, but, you know, at other points he's going to have to he's going to have to block him. And, you know, we've seen time, you know, we've seen times when Cam Jordan has obliterated and embarrassed rookies or, you know, offensive, ta- you know, right tackles. So, you know, while the, the pressure of the middle is going to be key, you know, just the fact that on certain plays that they may have to chip on Cam or, you know, one of the tight ends, like, it wouldn't shock me at all to see, you know, Gronk's not the big hulking guy that he was, but, you know, yeah. seeing him on that side to try to, you know, chip and slow down Cam Jordan to give Worf some, some help, I think that's going to be a, a crucial role. And then yeah. I, I think – it sounds weird to say, but I truly think the the key player of the game is is I think it's going to be Tonsi Gardner Johnson. Like I think he because I, I think at certain points they're going to have him playing nickel, or he's going to be lined up probably going against Scotty Miller. Who, yeah. if you read the reports from from if you just read some of the the observations from Tampa Bay yeah. training camp, he, he like that was. Yeah, and, and that was and that was Brady's guy in training camp. Like yeah. he developed a very big trust in him. Um, you know, kind of sounds like similar to Julian Edelman. And I truly think that at times, you know, CJ's gonna be or yeah, CJ's gonna be lined up on him. On other times, he's gonna be lined up on one of the tight ends, whether that's Brady, whether that's Gronk. Um, and I, I think that's gonna be, you know, you talk about the middle of the field, the player to me that that's the key to that is a nickelback. And I think that is going to be, you know, Johnson, Carter Johnson. Um, but I don't want to understate, and I know we, we joked about it in the past, uh, the fact that, you know, we might only get week one out of him, but Alex Anzalone, when he plays and he's on the field, he brings an element to the line to the linebacking position and to the defense in general and just an element of speed that does not exist when he's hurt and he does not play. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, him playing is going to be huge because he affects that key part of the field, that middle of the field, and a guy that can get, you know, sideline to sideline quickly, along with DeMario Davis. That's going to be huge. That's going to be very huge. And you know, it's going to be interesting, man, because, you know, how C.J. Garner-Johnson deals with the slot, when he has to cover the slot, you know, you might see uh, you might see Miller there. You might see uh, Chris Goodwin. Chris Goodwin lines up in the slot. Yeah, he does. He lines up in the slot a lot. And, you know, that you know, it's tough. Like, that's that's a tough matchup. It is. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm kind of just – like putting a, putting aside who's good, who's you know talented or whatever, 
we just got to realize this is the first NFL game of the season. Yes. So think about the first preseason game you see from the Saints. Or think about week one of the Saints you've seen past couple of years. Usually the defense is playing a little soft. They don't tackle well. Um, like we look at the Texas game last year, even though we didn't win, even though we won, it was like Demario Davis's worst tackling game. Nobody tackled. Like the tackling was just awful. Uh, years before that, you know, the defense, you know, Tampa Bay week one, 2018, we were there for that. The defense. So I'm, I'm just, if the Saints, if the Saints start like that, it's going to be a long day. Like the yes. defense. Since they've shined all camp, they can't come in like they have to be physical at the point of attack. Uh, my question, what you I want to know what you think is just how do you think this whole Bruce Arians, Tom Brady thing blends together? Because you know they're, they're pretty opposite as far as polar opposite they like to do. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady historically likes not all the time, but you know not max protection, but, you know, he, he wants, you know, maybe more than one offensive lineman in protecting or more than one tight end protecting um, short game. Like you said, middle of the field and Bruce, as, as, as we know, you know, no, no biscuit, no risk it. He likes mm-hmm. five, five offensive linemen, like doesn't care if his quarterbacks are getting destroyed by the defensive line. He wants five offensive linemen. And he wants as many wide receivers and tight ends – well, not even really tight ends because he doesn't really use tight ends. Um, Wide receivers going down the field, making plays, um, and he he wants those those deep shots. And I don't know how it's going to work. I think when you – I think when you're a coach and you get a player of the caliber of Tom Brady, like you have have to change your – you got to change your game. Like you have to be exactly. adaptable to the talent that you have. Um, we'll see, you know, but also too, I can see, you know, sometimes coaches like the perfect example is, you know, Kyle Shanahan. He, he was not scared when he came in, you know, when the 49ers came in, he attacked the hell out of the Saints secondary. Yeah. And even then we felt like the secondary was a strength and he was like, nah, yeah. Got something for yeah. you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, it'll be interesting to see if Arians has that same type of approach because I could, I could see both Arians and Peyton, say, you know, thinking, I think we, I think our, I like our matchups against their secondary, and yeah. them try to come out and attack each other's secondary. And basically, it's just going to come to which offensive line's better. And I know it's, it's – okay, this is going to be redundant to say. Um, so this is our first week one preview. The topic of which offensive line is going to be better is going to be a recurring trend in these previews. Because, like, it, it's, it's so rudim- rudimentary and elementary, but, like, it's, it's, it's just the key to football. Like, it really is. So, like, I don't want people listening to our podcast and they're like, oh, these niggas are bringing up offensive line again. Like, tell me something new. Well, it's, it's important. <laughs> it's, it's the engine of the team, man. Like, it just is. But and, I will you know, yeah. I, I will say that I do think, and we've talked about it before, Malcolm Jenkins being back there 
and communicating. I wonder if those, well, speaking of the Tampa Bay game, the Tampa Bay game that me and you were at, there were so many coverage busts. Like, oh, yeah. The Deshaun Jackson, like, there were so many, bro. And, like, yeah. I, you know, players coming off the field talking to each other, like, oh, that was your responsibility. Oh, you should have dropped, blah, blah, whatever it is. The fact that Jenkins is back there and gets, it can say prior to a snap, like, listen, you got this, I got this, blah, 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 whatever it is. That I think that could be so huge and crucial um, for the secondary, not just in week one, but all the, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, but let me ask you this, you know, the Zach Bond got picked in the third round. The good news is he was not on injury report. So after he got deemed up, chasing Taysom, he may have pulled something. We don't know what it is, but he, he practiced fully today, which is great. So he, he, if, if Marcus isn't able to play, having Bond on the field, and even if it's on third downs, a rough situation, you putting him on the edge or whatever, and he just coming and trying to sack the quarterback, I think that's, that's great, and he's a, he's a chess piece. But the fact that Caden Ellis, and who knows, a depth chart may not mean anything, but he's a starting strong side Strong, strong side linebacker. He's the Sam. Yeah. That's what. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, when he played last year in the preseason, he showed a lot. Like I was expecting him to make the team, and then he got hurt. So it didn't shock me that he made the team. And you know, if he, if he, I don't know how true the depth chart is. You know, you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. Yes, but. uh you know, if he's making the start, that means he really shows up in camp, which you know wouldn't surprise me. He was he was a pretty good player in uh in, but you know at at the Sam position, that's kind of like that TL position from a few years ago. You know, it, you just it, you won't see the field a lot if he's just a Sam. Right. You know, it's really going to be a base look, and that's probably you know twenty thirty percent of the snaps. So I wouldn't expect to see a ton of him, but I think you're going to see him on the field and with Bond. I just don't know. I, I, I'm just so interested to see how he's used. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to use him. Is he going to be like a fifth rusher? But if you have him as a fifth rusher, that affects, you know, how many players you have in the back. I don't know. I just don't know how Bond's going to be used. I, I really hadn't figured that out yet. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even have a prediction how he's going to be used. But Obviously, to use him as a rusher at some point would make sense, especially considering two firsts are going to be out. So you're going to have, you know, big my man Big Creek. You're going to have, uh, you're going to have, uh, you know, trick or trade. trade, you know, and then, you know, you mix it up with Bond. I guess you can roll that route. I don't know, man. That's, that's going to be interesting. My guess is, you know, with Bond, I don't think he's going to see too many snaps on defense. I think he's going to be on special teams, may see a couple snaps on defense. But, you know, as a rookie, I think they're just going to kind of uh, slowly, you know, bring him on toward in the season. Yeah, I just it's, – it's, it's going to be – I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, and I think a point that you brought up that we haven't really – we didn't – that I didn't think about until just now is you're talking about the middle of the field – 
do you think that if if that's their plan, because we don't know what you know, we don't know how Tampa Bay is going to roll out, but if that's the plan, they're attacking the middle of the field, they're in an intermediate short routes, and then maybe take a 30, 40 yard, you know, 30, 40 yard pass attempt, blah, blah, blah. But if their plan is the middle of the field, do you feel like that negates Marcus Williams? In some ways, yes. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, he, he he succeeds in going and using his range. Yes, sideline to sideline, deep like that. You know that's that's just where he shines at. You know he's not a downhill. You know blow you know blow somebody up. Even though he has done it, I've seen him do it. Yeah, you know, to some, I've seen him do it against Tampa Bay. He came downhill and he made an interception, a great interception. I can't remember what season that was. Like, oh, that was his rookie season. Is that his rookie season? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he, I know. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you're, you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, he's done it, but I think his 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 game is in the back end, and just taking away taking away those deep shots and and uh, cleaning up the mess that gets leaked out. You know, I think it's it's going to be it's going to very much be a Malcolm Jenkins, C.J. Joe Gardner Johnson, P.J. Williams yep. game. Like those yes. guys are going to have to be on their p's and q's, including the outside corners too, but. I think the real matchups are going to take place in the middle with the tight ends. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, like like everybody says, like, you know, uh, Bruce Arians doesn't really love the tight end position, but, you know, this is not really – it's his offense, but you have uh, – what's my what's my guy that's running the uh, offense, the former quarterback? Oh, Brian Leftwich. Brian Leftwich. You know, he it's his scheme for the most part, along with Bruce Arians. And they did bring in Grock. They didn't sign Grock and pay him that money for for no reason. And you know they kept on the OJ Howard this year. Uh, Britt was already good, so you know they could run some crazy packages with two or three it would, tight ends. It, you know? it, yeah, you you said it, you just read my mind. It wouldn't shock me at all if they just if they you know turn back time a little bit and run a lot of thirteen personnel. Yeah. Um, and say that's, like, listen. That's, that's, that's hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, and just say, hey, we got a rookie at right tackle going against Cam Jordan. Like, let's go 13, and that helps them in the run game. And then, you know, if they get it going in the run game after that, they can get play action going. Like, that's so, it's such a – and, you know, Greg Cosell talked about this when he came on the pod, you know, one of our first pod episodes. It's such a hard thing for a defense to, to defend against. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's just so many variables you got to account for. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, Leonard Fournette, I mean, say what you want about him, but it, he breaks that first tackle. Yes. And he, and he gets steam behind him. He, he, he's just hard to break down. Yes. Like, he, he gets moving. His problem is he starts kind of tiptoeing and trying to go sideline and, you know, trying to go lateral. He's getting tackled. But if he can break that first tackle and get that head of steam, he is a load, and he, he is. He is. You he know? is. So it wouldn't shock me at all if you see like a. I said on the last podcast, if you see like a eighty-yard, you know, just blown up run out of nowhere, you know, from from uh from Leonard Fournette. The good, good old the good old Tim Hightower. Yeah, the Tim Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, okay, <laughs> you got it, you got it in. Good, you know, good uh, just it's it's. I, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, but also, 
you know, it, we'll, we'll see, man. I it's it's a it's a great game to be week one, and obviously, I mean, they put it in in the late afternoon slot for a reason. Got got my man uh, Aikman and Buck. Uh oh, Joe, Joey Buckets, Joey Buckets in the house. <laughs> That's the eighteen, baby. It's the eighteen, y'all. Y'all can see what y'all want about them, but that's the eighteen. Listen, the way I see it is that if you're a football fan, you want Joey Buckets and Troy Aikman calling your game because that means your team is good. Right, right. Like they, you know, they they not calling Giants Jets games. Like they're the eighteen for Fox. Like you want them calling your games. That means your team is in a lot of high profile. You know upper echelon games. Like, that's who you want to hear calling your games. I, whatever. I, look, I don't, I don't and, understand. And Aikman is, you know, he's good friends with Sean Payton. He has a nice connection with Drew Brees. So he always drops a tidbit here and there. Yeah, you know, man. Game that you just don't hear. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. The you whole – I remember, before, you know, when Taysom, the year he kind of started getting more snaps, like, the people that was – like, the person that was kind of telling how enamored Sean was with – with uh, Taysom was Troy. It was Troy. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, what's he talking about? Like, he just, Sean just blowing smoke. No, nah. <laughs> he was dead damn serious. Like, yes. So, like, I, it, whatever. I don't, it's weird. It, it's, it, the whole thing is weird. We didn't touch on it. Like, I don't want to talk about too much about special teams, but, you know, it's, it's such a, a luxury, um, luxury to have. Devontae Harris, or sorry, um, Deontay Harris, and yeah. and what he can, what he may be able to do. Um, you know, we we talked about like this. It had been a trope, like, oh man, our returns suck. Like Drew always got to go eighty yards, seventy five yards down the field. Like we never get any any drives. Harris, like last year, he put the offense in some insane positions in terms of. Yeah on the field and so you know he you know he he could potentially be a factor in in that as well absolutely absolutely and that pays huge dividends so i mean it, it, people just mostly look at kickoff returns that turn into touchdowns but you got to look at the at the yards that are gained at a, on a kickoff or a punt return like those things that flips fields around it takes that's you know two or three less first downs you have to get when you have good return, when you have a good return game, and on the flip side, they last year they had a pretty good special teams as far as taking away other people's returners. Mm-hmm. So kind of you kind of just hope that continues. I don't know what secret sauce it was, but you know it was working. You know it was the best special teams I've seen the Saints have in forever. So forever, yes. You know, that that's a major key to the game. Is you know you, you might not notice it. It's not something you really pay attention to. Another thing I was wondering about, like, my, my thing has just been in the back of my mind. And Saints, like, they have no control over it, but it's the refs, man. Like, every, like every year the, after the first game of the season, the big the, – the, the main topic is the refs. Like, yes. You and remember, last year, remember last year they were calling, like, weird uh, – like, weird um, – uh, they were hitting the quarterback, and it was you know saying rough from the passer. Yep. You know there was the whole you know. Oh, the Clay Matthews. Yeah, the Clay Matthews thing, uh, and that kind of continued. Then you had just kind of the holding. Remember the holding calls from last year that were just like kind of went on all year. 
We just these ghost holding calls. Yes. Just completely upset offenses. That's why I'm just praying it's not like that, man, because that just ruins game. Like I, I don't even. It makes me almost want to turn the game off because you just can't enjoy it. Yes. You know. And, and, so, and something that it's something that you've brought up on Twitter, which I, I think they've been fantastic points, is you got reps who are calling the first games, no preseason, and then they have to also, like, enforce, like, new rules that went to effect. Yeah. But, like, when have they really, like, when were they, like, yeah, they can go out to, like, a practice for with the team and have the reps there. But, like, that's, or, you know, no team scrimmage. So, like, literally first day on the job, they're officiating the game. As Saints fans, we know how we already feel about referees. Um, so it, I hope it's – and not just for the Saints, but I hope it's not something that throughout all of week one, like, you know, if you're watching Red Zone, like it's just this huge thing of just the refs just – is everything going to be a hold? Is everything – and do you think – like something like fall because there's no fans or less fans depending on the stadium, false yeah. starts are going to be the thing of the past. Mm. That's a that's a good point, man. Because like there's such a fan impact in those things, you, and you don't know how much the fans impact those things. Think about the the, the flags that get picked up. You know, where you know the, the reps call a flag on something. Then it immediately gets replayed in the stadium, and the fans are like, ah, like that's bullshit. And you almost feel like they gives the refs a clue, like, damn, let's take a second look at it. And then they'll pick the flag up, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, you just, it's, that won't be there. It's, it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And then you got, you know, the coaches fussing at the refs, like, oh, are we going to hear that? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, it's going to be wild, man. Like, I wonder. I hope the refs don't impact the game. Much. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, we. I don't know if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, but there was. I, I can't remember which playoff game it was where they called, basically, fouls on like shoot like on three point shots in one of the playoffs games where it was like down mm-hmm. to the wire. None of none of none of them were. Oh, it was it was the Bucks Bucks Heat. I want to say game three. Yeah, it was Bucks Heat game three. Um, they call like these fouls that were like obviously not fouls, like in it, it almost just ruined it just ruined almost ruined the game. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that's just something that we, we're not gonna know, you know, until we see it. You know, we're not gonna know until we see it. Um and another, uh, another thing I'm thinking about is uh, I was listening to uh, you know, Move the Sticks podcast earlier today. And they were talking about the BYU Navy game that happened uh, last night or the night before. And they were talking about how Navy, you know, kind of took the approach this offseason is like, hey, we're not going to do any hitting or, you know, in training camp or nothing like that. We're just going to kind of do our scheme. And, you know, everybody know BYU, they always come out physical. And BYU just steamrolled Navy. Like, mm-hmm. It looked like men versus boys. Like, it was just terrible. There was no physicality from Navy. And Navy is usually a pretty physical team, even though they aren't good. Yes. So, so I mean, that's just kind of one of those questions I just have going is, like, how physical are these teams going to be? Some, you know, some teams took the strategy this offseason, I mean, this training camp to be like, 
okay, we're going to ramp up the physicality in the training camp. We're going to have tackling to the ground. Some teams took, like, the kind of Saints approaches, like, look, we got good players. We ain't trying to hurt nobody. Let's just – we're going to do pads. We're going to do live, you know, some live sessions, but we're not going to overdo it, and we're going to make sure our team stays healthy. You know, I don't have a problem with really either position. You know, I kind of understand either – I understand both approaches. But it's going to be interesting how that plays out uh, on the field week one, you know, or, you know, where you see a lot of soft, you know, soft defenses and guys not really ready to hit and tackle, not having mm-hmm. any preseasons, not having any live game reps. And I think – That's that's a mentality. When you oh, for sure. Like, you hit somebody, that's really a mentality you have to build up. You know what I'm saying? And I think the whole – and I think that's why the running game – Maybe so important. So we you, we kind of you, you hit on it with Leonard Fournette, but we've seen like if he's healthy and you know he sounds like he sounds like he just had like a back flare up. Um, hopefully, if you you know with the tweets that Adam Schefter sent out yesterday, sounds like the contract extension for the Saints and Alvin Kamara is really close, which is good news. You know, if you're for for as a fan, I think that's that's good news because as as Travis has called him, he's a he's a blue chip talent. You don't let blue exactly. talents leave. Period. So, from the same perspective, if you have AK, he's healthy. We've seen what he can do with his balance. Like, regardless of this Levante David and, you know, De- you know Devin White, who, who you know, who, whoever it is, like, that's a hard man to tackle. Man. Week and one, he, pandemic. All type of bait, too. Yeah. Oh, bruh. You know, week one, pandemic season, like, you know, unusual training camp. You haven't been able to really hit him. Like, that's a hard task to say, all right, go cover Alvin Kamara. And also, you got you to gotta topple him. And like, so, I think that point is very um, salient. Also, that, you know, that's a good point, too, because both these teams have very physical wide receivers. Yeah. Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, if he plays – Chris Godwin, they are physical route receivers. So, you know, speaking of the whole tackling thing or physicality, it could be a situation where, you know, there's a broken tackle and that's a 40, 50 yard touchdown just yeah. because it's being week one and teams aren't used to tackling each other. It's just, it's, it's, it's all fascinating how everything, you know, what, what may happen. Yeah, that definitely can be a major key where offenses are just beating up on the defenses. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen that before. Yeah, that was the lockout season. Lockout season. Yeah, I mean, and defense has started out bad. Bad, bro. (laughs) So that could definitely be the case, man. So we'll see. I think it's also – it's going to be very interesting to see, like, what is – who's coaching? Is it – it's not – it's Greg's boy. Um – not Vance Joseph, the other black one. Um, oh, uh, uh, the stoic one. Oh, uh, Ty Bowles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the black one. <laughs> the the stoic one. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be very interesting of how he because. Todd Bowles is a is an underrated defensive coordinator. Like I, in the past, he's he's been able to confuse Peyton 
at times. Like we've seen it even last season. You know, he's been able to confuse Peyton at times in just terms of like his scheme and what he's able to run, blah, blah. Um, but I think it's just gonna be interesting to see like how he attacks the Saints offensively, but more importantly, like secondary wise. Like you know you have a very young secondary and that's not a strength of your team. It's not like this is last season where you can say, okay, we're just going to take Michael Thomas out the game. Like now, now there's Manny Sanders. And so what, like, what do you, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, like defensively, I think it's just gonna be very interesting to see um, what their, what their plan is and, and how they try to go about stopping the Saints passing game. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just wondering what the Saints are going to do. Sean Payton kind of talked about not putting too much out there week one and not trying to overload the players with, since you got a lot of new guys, not trying to overload them with so much, so much of the different installs uh, on offense. Not, you know, not, not, I'm not going to say keep it simple, but, you know, just try to do the things they know they could do. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, it's a, uh, but I think, you know, ultimately the Saints are going to do what they do. Like Drew Brees, Drew Brees is going to do what he does, man. Like he's going, he's going to, he's going to hit Mike Thomas a lot. He's going to target Mike Thomas a lot. Uh, I hope Jared Cook starts off pretty fast this season. Yeah, man. He's going to be huge. And Elvin Kamara, like those are your dogs, man. Roll with yep. your dogs. And all those fails, roll with Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Jared Cook. Yes, those are your dogs, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine with them. You know, we'll see what Emmanuel Sanders he's going to need time. Like Saints fans, don't trip out if Emmanuel Sanders has two catches for you know forty yards. Like it's okay. Like don't worry about that. It just takes time to build those things. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to come in, you know, and do his thing. And old Trey Quan, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, and I'm sure they're going to have something cooked up. Like, my first game, going to have something cooked up with Taysom. Who knows what it'll be. It might be a pass to Taysom. It might be a pass from Taysom. It might be, you know, like a quarterback run or something. But, you know, it's gonna, something's going to cook, man. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. It's good. I mean, I think we – I mean, as many bases as we could have covered, I think we, we covered them. Um yeah. But yeah, it's 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 funny because it wouldn't shock me at all if that if two first doesn't play, freaking hashtag big creep season <laughs> out there at, at left tackle man. I just big creep get two sex out chill. You why did he pick ninety six as his number? I don't know. It's a terrible number. <laughs> like it just does. It's ugly. Like nobody ninety six, bro. Um, sixty nine, big. Yeah, that's it. exactly. <laughs> um, so this, that I think we covered everything we could possibly cover regarding week one. Any, uh, uh, any other games kind of interest you this week one? Like anything? Uh, any I mean, I, I haven't. It's so crazy. I really haven't even looked at like what's on deck. I will say that I am interested to see. Because the Raiders drafted two route receivers that I, I – like, obviously, Henry Ruggs. You know, everyone wanted Henry Ruggs. But when I watched a couple of games of Brian Edwards, like, oh, yeah. there were some games where it's like, oh, 
damn, like, huh? Um, and it sounds like, you know, they're both going to be starting, you know, for the Raiders week one. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, you know, how are they going to be? Um, you got Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to see how Burrow does. Uh, that, I, you know, he might be running for his life like he was at, at LSU, man. Like, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how, how he does. Um, you know, we talked about Tannehill. Like, does he come back? Does he come back down to earth? And how is, how is Cam going to yeah. look in New England? Like, I know for sure, like – Josh McDaniels, like they're not, they're not running the same offense. Like that, they're not. So, how is that office gonna look? Like it's a, you know, I, I hate that he went to New England, but I, I understand it. So, it, it's gonna be fast. Like Josh McDaniels is a great offensive coordinator. Like yeah. he is, not the best head coach, not the best person, but <laughs> OC wise, he 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 is good at his job. And I say I think it's gonna be interesting to see how he forms an offense. Um, yeah. around Cam. Yeah, I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Like, just just seeing Cam Newton in another uniform, just, I don't know. It's going to be, that's going to be interesting, you know? Like, that's going to be fun. And then also, like, this is, like, more like kind of being, like, a, a, a dick, but, like, how bad can the Jets really be? <laughs> <laughs> And like it's watching like a a, like a snuff film, like faces of death. (laughs) Like, how bad is it gonna get? Like, can someone save my boy Sam Darnold? Like, I just 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 send him somewhere, please. Um, um, and another point is like, can I I know he won MVP, but can can Lamar take it to the next level? Yeah, it's I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm not. I think it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Is, can he take it to the next level? Um, and it's crazy you that about an MVP, though. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's real. It's real. It's like, because, uh, you know, they brought that up on the Move to Sticks podcast, you know, with these contracts, you know, you know, with, uh, with Watson getting paid and Mahomes getting paid, Lamar up next. And it's like, how do you approach that? Because he's different than all of them. Like, he's different. Because Watson, even though he, you know, he does run and move, these, you know, he, he's part of that new school of guys that run to pass. You know, he's still a passer. And, you know, Mahomes is a passer. Lamar is more, he's better than Vic. But he's in that vein of he's, he's a runner. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He's a developing passer. He's getting better. He's getting better every year. But how do you approach that? I guess, you know, I wonder if they're really looking at this year to see if he elevates it another notch or two as a passer because you can't run like that. Like he does, you can't do that and sustain that for, you know. Would you pay a guy like Lamar a a five-year deal, six-year deal, $40 million a year? Mm. And he's getting the hits he's taking. He's been healthy. He's been durable and all that stuff. But, man, you know, that, that shit adds up over time. You know, so would you pay a guy like that? Or would you, do you want to see him become more of a uh, – not so much a pocket passer, but more like Russell Wilson to where you, like, you manage your playmaking. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work the pocket for the first two, three quarters, but fourth quarter I'm wilding out. You know what I'm saying? I think you want to see the boy there from uh, Lamar Jackson. So it's just going to be interesting just 
you know, to see how he develops because he's smart. He's like, you know, he wants to be better. He wants to be a better passer. So, but, you know, the weapons, are they really there? It's, it's just a lot to it, you know? So that's interesting. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to, like, picture the league in, in, in general and just think of another thing that I'm, the media, uh, the media, like, rides their dick all the time. But, like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, like, I don't buy the cult type. Like, every year they get hyped. Every year, don't buy it. I don't know don't what it is. Don't, I, just, I just don't buy it. Don't buy it. And you know what? I actually do like the team for the most part, you know, at least on offense. Uh, defense, I still – I mean, Drew Brees tore that defense. Yeah, he tore their asshole open, bro. Long dick all night. Drew Brees had them oh, – man, like, it was nasty. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I think they improved a little bit, but it's not like they improved that much. And I'm sorry, man. Phillip Rivers, like, I respect the dude, but – he had bad tape last year. Like, it wasn't like Tom Brady. Like, oh, maybe he needs a wide receiver here and there. It was, what are you doing, man? Like, you you are losing your team right now. So, Bruh, I mean, it was – People blame it on the offensive line. Like, oh, he had a bad offensive line. Like, a lot of teams have a bad offensive line. His, his was bad, and maybe that is the case. But I don't know, man. I, I, I he, he could be, a, you know, a sour lemon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I like me and Greg. Like I talked about this with Greg Rosenthal. Um, he was kind of taken up for Rivers. Man, Rivers look look bad. He just, just just call it like it is. He looked real bad last season. Like, take offensive line out of it. Like just watch the decision he's making. They were not good. With throwing lanes, they were bad decisions. <laughs> yes, they were not good at all. Um. So will they be able to live up to expectation? Because people are putting them like third ish in the AFC, and okay, I don't know about that. Um, what else? Like, I, I just think it's I think it's all fascinating. Uh, are you know Cowboys the number one team? I, I hate the most, but yeah. they are super oh. ridiculously talented. So is Mike the stack? Bro. <laughs> the stack. Is Mike McCarthy going to – They even brought uh, Randy Gregory back, man. Bro, like, imagine, you know, getting – we, we can't get a pa- another pass rush. They get a pass rush. They're coming back from suspension. <laughs> Randy Gregory – Oh, did, I must have missed that. Randy Gregory – Randy Gregory uh, – uh, Who's the Boise State guy? I'm completely blanking on him. That gave Ramtrek the, the business. Oh, uh, Everson Griffin? No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> him too, but the other one. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, yeah, 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 okay. So, Demarcus Lawrence, <laughs> Everson Griffin, Randy Gregory, like, you know, Jalen Smith, you know, uh, Leighton Bender S. Sean Lee's already on IR, which, which surprises no one. Um, the only weakness they have you know, in theory, is there, is there secondary, but, like, they are yeah, stacked, bro. It's, like, yeah, it's, not, it's not like a bad secondary. It's just a young, unexperienced yeah. like, secondary. Is, is Mike McCarthy going to be able to, you know, bring them to where they should be? As a Cowboys hater, I'm hoping not, but, you know, we'll see. And plus, Zach is playing on a, on a franchise tag, so he plays yeah. well, 
That number's only going to go up. Man, they, they were regretting that, man. Woo! Like, man, they should have got that done because, what, you know, uh, Watson got 39. Mahomes is at 45. Mahomes at 45. Like, that going to get – I remember at first when he first refused the contract and it was saying, like, he, you know, Dak wants, up, you know, like – 40. 35. Yeah, 40 what? million. Everybody was like, Wah! Yeah, we're like, nigga, if you don't take that money. Take <laughs> that money, boy. Yeah, he's gonna see for he's gonna see it. Like he's yes. going to get forty plus million. If he but if he plays boys, I don't know. If he plays well, de- uh, just decently well, doesn't get hurt, they go they they have a successful season, yeah. Jerry and them will show that they have they bungled that completely. Yeah. They messed that one up. But I mean it's, it's so many interesting storylines. In the NFL, just it's so many. Um, you know, how, how long is it going to be before we see Tua in Miami? Or, I mean, wouldn't shock – I mean, Patrick, Patrick Claybaugh's already said it, but it wouldn't shock him if, you know, Tyrod Taylor starts, the, you know, starts the whole season for the Chargers. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, Justin Herbert is like, eh. like, yeah, I can see it. I can see why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I'll, you know, before wrapping this up, uh, as the season is set to start, like, I think, I think the trade market, we, we talked about before this, this upcoming draft, like, you know, unless you're, unless you start off like 0 and 5, 0 and 6, and like, you know, more than likely like you might get a high pick to maybe draft like a Jamar Chase or, you know, the stud left tackle that just declared from Oregon, or maybe being the, you know, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Like, if you are in the hunt or in the race, a contender, man, them draft picks are going to go by. Uh, Saints' second round pick is it's for sale. Smoking, it's it's just sitting in in Luma's wallet, and it's hot. <laughs> just ready, ready to just get rid of it. So I think the trade market, you know, because every year when you know as season as the season goes on, you have teams that you know are doing just shitty. Um, and so then you hear everyone's up, you know, everyone's could be, can be, you know, you can get, you know, get a player or whatever. Wouldn't shock me at all. Would not shock me at all. Just not the Saints, but I'm just saying just good yeah, team in general, just, and then we, you know, it, it sucks that, you know, Von Miller potentially yeah. out for the season with a freak injury. And this, that's, that's, and, and I don't know if we're going to see a lot, a lot more injuries just because of, you know, COVID and, you know, everything that's, you know, that's happened. And, and, I, and I hope not, you know, because who, who, man, I saw, because you had to call this out. Can we stop with this whole, I wish that X player was healthy because I don't want to hear excuses from that fan base if we beat them. Can we stop with that? <laughs> that is the most outlandish, just dumb, <laughs> dumb ass fuckery that I've ever heard my, like, do you know how hard it is to win a game in the NFL? Like, I don't, I don't if you don't stack these dubs and take these wins when you can, like, I, I like, ain't nobody well, to care about the Saints when you know they're limping into the post. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, I don't. But care. if it's us in the Super Bowl and the team we're playing are missing twenty starters due to a COVID outbreak. Do you think if we win the Lombardi, I'll be like, oh man, I really wish uh what do you wish those those Chiefs would have been at full strength? 
forever but i mean that's how it happens sometimes when we start talking about football but week one it's upon us we'll do a you know we'll be doing a recap show probably monday tuesday so you know recap week you know well obviously recap week one saying to maybe touch on other things that you know we that saw we saw during week one around the league and then we have a special non-football related podcast um, that we're recording tomorrow, so we're gonna keep. I'm still keeping the guests a secret of who it is, um, but I'm excited for it. Something very different, but something that Ryan, uh, Ryan and I have been wanting to do for a long time in terms of broadening the scope of the podcast and just talking about other things not related to football. It wouldn't shock me that if the we we indulge you, encourage you to listen to tomorrow's episode, even if you know, even if you just come here for you know football banter conversation. We want you to listen to tomorrow's episode because I'm excited for it. So I think everyone's going to gain something and learn something from it. So um, did you have anything else? No, nah, that's it, man. Go to, go to uh, Apple Podcasts. You know, give us some, give us some five stars. Leave a comment. Uh, try to read us high. Uh, go on Patreon.com. Search hashtag Saints Twitter Pod. Become a Patreon if you can. Uh, contribute what you can. Uh, other than that, man, showing love and let's get the season started, bro. Let's go. The the darkness is is upon us now. We can't escape it. Um, have the memes and the the very conflicted. My favorite emoji ready handy when you know that's that's what it is, man. It's, it's Saints it's Saints football time. It's just that's like that's the sound. Like when people like Bree saying like I'm I'm letting it loose. I was like. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's good to be talking about football again, and we'll see how it all plays out. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We're recording tomorrow, and then we we'll probably be posted on you know Friday, and then um, yeah, man, we'll we'll be back next week. We're crapping week one and going from there. That's right, baby. All right, with that, we're out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.